genre. Welcome to the Protagonist Podcast, where each week we look at a great character in a great story. I'm Joe Dorowski, and this week we're actually playing a game called Casting Emma. And joining us for the game is returning guest Kirsta Christensen. Welcome, Kirsta. Thanks for having me. Now, Kirsta, this is a game that you pitched to me after you were listening to our X-Many X-Men or So Many X-Men or Too Many X-Men. I'm not 100% sure what we ended up putting as the official title of that game. But we were playing a game with Andrew presenting us scenarios, and then we were casting teams of X-Men to send out. We were playing the game with uh, frequent guest Mav, and you listened to that, and you came up with an idea to do something for an Austin adaptation that was kind of in the same vein. So do you want to describe the game we're going to be playing? Yeah, so Austin was on my mind because I had recently seen the Autumn DeWild um, adaptation of Emma, the the newer one, and um, and I'd seen a lot of adaptations of Emma, and I realized I had never read it, so I was also reading it for the first time, um, and I I'm always really interested in adaptations and you know updated modernizations of versions, and so I thought, well, what if we um, what if we created did kind of drafted. Uh, the main cast of Emma, but picked our favorite version of each character from each of the adaptations that we've seen. And then we kind of, um, we worked through some, a little, a few issues and decided that we can't pick the same person because it's a draft. And then also we have to pick at least one person from each of the adaptations that we know well enough to include it all. And we don't have to have the same adaptations. In fact, I'm pretty sure that I have at least one adaptation that you don't have um, so yeah, we'll talk a little bit about each adaptation as we go through and each character, and we'll see if there are heartbreaks as, uh, some of us pick characters that the other one specifically wanted. And fortunately for our listeners, we actually did an episode on Emma. I guess it was around a hundred episodes ago. So a while ago, uh, but I can give us the quick it was like a two paragraph summary that we had for that. Uh, so I'm just going to read through that real quick. And this will remind everyone of uh, the key players that we're going to be engaging with. So Emma Woodhouse has just attended the wedding of her former governess. Emma imagines she deserves some credit for the match of her governess to Mr. Weston and fancies herself an excellent matchmaker. Having caught the Cupid bug, she is interested in matching her new friend, Harriet Smith, with Mr. Elton, who is the vicar. Her sister's brother-in-law, Mr. Knightley, visits Emma's father often and knows the family well. He warns Emma against this romantic meddling. Harriet receives a proposal from a man named Robert Martin, and Harriet is inclined to accept until Emma dissuades her, insisting a better match is imminent. Expecting Mr. Elton to pursue Harriet, Emma is very disappointed when he proposes to Emma instead of Harriet. She rejects his proposal, and he leaves town to go soothe his ego. He comes back with a pretentious wife. Harriet is heartbroken over all of this, and Emma does feel a little bit of guilt. Mr. Weston's son, Frank Churchill, arrives in town, as does a young woman named Jane Fairfax. Emma is used to being the center of attention and the recipient of praise, and is a bit put out when everyone likes Jane. Uh, Jane was adopted by a colonel and is expected to take a post as a governess soon. Jane thinks she may be um, uh, falling for... Uh, Frank Churchill, but she's more inclined to think people never marry than that. I'll fall madly in love. There's a ball. Harriet is left without a dance partner and is publicly snubbed by Mr. Elton. 
Nightly Snip steps in and dances with Harriet. During another gathering, Emma lets her sarcastic wit get away from her and is too harsh to a family friend. Nightly chews her out for her immaturity and lack of social grace. She makes a genuine effort to be better and make up for her behavior. People wonder if Nightly is in love with Jane, if Jane is in love with Frank. Emma wonders if Frank is in love with her. And after some pronoun confusion is dispelled, uh, everyone learns that uh, Harriet is in, lo- in love with Nightly. Uh, and so it's just a mess of uh, lots of wires crossed. In the end, uh, it is revealed that Frank and Jane had been secretly engaged all along. They are happily paired off. Then Emma realizes she's jealous of the idea of Harriet and Knightley together uh, because Emma is in love with Knightley. Fortunately, Knightley is in love with her, so they can be happily paired off. But Emma's concerned what this will mean for Harriet. Uh, fortunately, Robert Martin comes through with a second proposal, uh, which Harriet, Harriet accepts, and three weddings can be had in quick succession. The end. So... Lots of romantic meddling. We will give like a quick character sketch of each one of these characters as we're about to tell which version of the cast we're going to uh, put in for for each one of them. Um, but that at least gives you, uh, you know, reorients everyone to the basic plot of Emma. So, uh, Kirsta, you get to select first. And we are going to be ascending in significance of characters. So our last pick will be our uh cast uh are are like mr knightley and emma are the last two that we'll do yeah so we picked um we're we are going to be picking 11 characters 11 because i had picked the top 10 and somehow i forgot mr woodhouse so we had to add him so that made 11 and they're in order that they were they're roughly in order that they're usually credited in adaptations um so that's kind of for most important, least important, although you could kind of quibble about the specific order. So our number 11 pick is Mrs. Elton. And I am going with the uh, Gwyneth Paltrow version. So that is Juliet Stevenson. She's an actress who I really, really love. And Mrs. Elton, um, Mrs. Elton is a really annoying character. She kind of shows up and assumes that she knows better than everyone else. And she kind of tries to boss everyone around and everyone dislikes her. And Juliet Stevenson is just this like really in this role. She's just very lovely, very annoying. Um, You, you know, she irritates you, but in a very funny way. And uh, she's an actress that I've loved since I saw Antigone on great performances um, when I was very young and also has been in films like Truly Madly Deeply. And she's just really lovely. So I'm really excited to pick her for Mrs. Elton. Who can forget Juliet Stevenson's turn as Antigone in great performances? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I missed that one. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's on me. Uh, My loss. My loss. Uh, so Mrs. Elton is, um, well, I guess let me just say I have a, I, I think five ish, uh, adaptations that I'm ready to pull from for this. As I was looking through the list of Anna, Emma adaptations on Wikipedia, which, you know, do go back to like the 1940s, um, that there have been TV adaptations of, of Emma broadcast. Um, I had about five that I'm like, okay, I know I've seen that one. I, Many of them, it has been quite a while. So I was like Googling the, you know, the actress in the role or the actor in the role to try and remember and see if anything triggered. Um, But for this one, I actually went with a more recent one. So it wasn't quite as hard. Uh, I'm going to go with Tanya Reynolds from the very recent Emma with a period (laughs) um, adaptation, uh, which I'm guessing that uh, most people are going to think of as like the Anya Taylor-Joy version of Emma. And Tanya Reynolds... Uh, 
all I had to do was like, okay, which, what does she look like in this? And once I saw the image again, I'm like, oh, that's her. That, that's my pick mm-hmm. <laughs> for, for Mrs. Elton because it's a character that is designed to get under ev- the viewer's skin and Emma's skin, like like everyone, you know, but both the people in the film and without the film are supposed to be frustrated <laughs> with Mrs. Elton being on screen. And uh, uh, Tanya Reynolds nailed it, <laughs> as did the costume designer and the hair and makeup people. Oh yeah, no. Her her hair is amazing and probably more period act- accurate than a lot of the styles. Um sometimes costume designers will sacrifice period accurateness so they don't so things don't look super super weird, but yeah, she she looks really amazingly weird. And the shade of orange that they uh put her in with the dress is also just mm-hmm. uh, the color palette for for that version of Emma. They they were having fun all around. Excellent. All right. So now it's your turn. So the next character we're going to do is Jane Fairfax, who, like all characters named Jane in anything written by Jane Austen, is a beautiful, well-mannered, extraordinary. Everyone adores her. Um, (laughs) And (laughs) for this uh, version of Jane Fairfax, who is there almost... um, as, as like a source of jealousy for Emma, like just a reminder that she isn't really the center of the universe because she gets treated that way too often or or so often that's kind of turned her head. So Jane Fairfax arrives in town and, and everyone gives her a lot of attention and Emma's not quite sure what to do with this. I'm going to go with Olivia Williams from no! the 1996 <laughs> BBC movie. Uh, uh, or I guess it's ITV, not BBC. Is that right? I want to give the proper production. Uh, I don't know. I know it's made for TV. I don't know who yeah. who produced it. I, I think I saw that it was uh, the writer who had done the Pride and Prejudice adaptation from 95 wanted to do Emma, but uh-huh. BBC didn't want to do it uh, one too close to the uh, American Hollywood version that was going to be coming out. So the writer just took it over to right. ITV and uh, <laughs> made it there. <laughs> uh, and so this, this is a, uh, you know, a, for this one more, I just like tried to find a scene or two of, um, of uh, of the the actresses on YouTube, and and once I saw her, I'm like, you know what? I, I think this one is the one that's standing out the most for me, or seems to be hitting the notes that I'm looking for for this, um, actually very pleasant, but also jealousy inducing <laughs> version of Jane. Mm-hmm. Well, we have our first upset because I was also going to pick um, uh, Olivia Williams. Um, so now I have to decide who else to pick and I had an order, but now I'm second guessing it. Um, (laughs) I think I like Polly Walker a lot in the 19, in the Gwyneth Paltrow version, but I think I'm actually going to go with the actress who was in the Roma Laguerre version. Um, let's see, which I, whose name I actually have to look up. So the thing about the thing about um, Jane Fairfax is that we get very little information about her because she's kind of naturally reserved, and then also she has a giant secret that she's trying to keep. Um, so it's kind of hard to play that. Okay, so this is Laura Piper, um, and it's and it's hard to play that and kind of be sympathetic you know to kind of have a full character. Um, but one thing that Laura Piper portrays really well is just how tired and kind of hopeless Jane feels at her lowest point. Um, 
And she's just she's a very, very sympathetic character, even though Emma doesn't know her very well yet. And we don't know her very well yet. So, yeah, I think I'm going to go with Laura Piper from the Roma Laguerre version for my Jane Fairfax. That's the 2009 BBC miniseries, right? Correct. Yes. Okay. And I think it's the only miniseries version, right? Yeah. So, I mean, the main versions that I'm drawing from, I guess we, we can go ahead and say this here mm-hmm. at the top, are uh, Clueless. Um, yes. I, I will have a few cast members coming from Clueless. Well, I don't want to say how many. Maybe, maybe <laughs> none. Maybe maybe several. Uh, you know, the, the loose uh, high school, American high school uh, adaptation of Emma. And then there's the Gwyneth Paltrow film from mm-hmm. 1996. And uh, there's a Kate Beckinsale version also from 1996, which was the uh, British television film uh, version. Uh, and then there is a 2009 BBC miniseries. That's the Romola Guerra uh, version that you were just referencing. And then um, for me, the other one that I'm going to have is the the Emma with a period the um, directed by Autumn DeWilde and starring mm-hmm. Anya Taylor-Joy version from 2020. Okay. Is there another version that you right. may draw? So, um, yes, I'm actually, so I'm going to be doing all of those plus Emma Approved, which is the spinoff series of... Um, of the Lizzie Bennet diaries. So it's the modernized version uh, in which, and in this one, Emma is like a social media influencer. So that's why she's always taping things. It's, you know, we the vlog format is a really fun adaptation style, but you do have to come up with reasons that these characters are recording things. Um, and frankly, I think trying to become a social media influencer is actually a pretty good one. So I'm also going to be throwing <laughs> that one into the mix. All right. Okay. Uh, which, which character will we be tackling next? Next, we are going to be doing Frank Churchill. So um, Jane Austen books almost always have a sort of um, outgoing, uh, but kind of shallow cad in the book. So you have like <laughs> Wickham and Pride and Prejudice and Willoughby and Sense and Sensibility. Frank Churchill fits this role, although he's probably the most upstanding of the you know, of the kind of um, charming but sort of thoughtless people. And he um, he definitely makes some mistakes and is not a great influence on Emma, but he's also trying to do right by Jane with whom he has a secret um, engagement. And then he's also in a really difficult situation with his aunt slash adopted mother who um, who kind of dictates his whole life and has kept him on a on kind of a shorter leash than he would like. Yeah, and with this version of this character in several of the other books, it's someone who is like a complete hypocrite who is playing a version of themselves to right. manipulate everyone right. around them. With Churchill, he's someone who's like got a lot of competing uh motivations and mm-hmm. and restraints on him that are pulling him in different directions and he makes some poor choices True. as he's trying to serve all these different masters. True. But it's not the level of like uh manipulation that you get from some of the others like a Wickham. Yeah, and he, you know, he tries so hard to hide his secret engagement that he ends up convincing pretty much everyone that he is in love with Emma, um including Emma. Luckily, she realizes that she's not in love with him. And so her heart isn't really broken, but he's pretty thoughtless in terms of how he acts. Um, and can actually be a little cruel to Jane. So mm-hmm. um, I am going with uh, Roma Laguerre again. And I am, let's see. 
the Roman Legere version. And so I am picking uh, Rupert Evans as Frank Churchill. Um, I I will say the Roman Legere version is my favorite one by far. I think it does have an unfair advantage in terms of being a miniseries. I think it is able to develop the characters a lot more in four hours than you can do in two hours. Um, but yeah, I just think he's he's a really solid character. And while I like Ewan McGregor in Gwyneth Paltrow, he has a pretty ridiculous wig, so he got uh, knocked down just a little bit for me for that. <laughs> That's true. Well, I, I am going to take Ewan McGregor, because if you can get Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi... Uh, That's true. <laughs> you, you, you take uh, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, even, especially uh, an Obi-Wan Kenobi who's going to have a little uh, a duet, right? Doesn't he sing in this version? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> so this is from the 1996 Gwyneth Paltrow version of Emma ha- had Ewan McGregor Gregor playing Frank Churchill. And as you said, it is his hair. in This is ridiculous. It is so strange what what they're <laughs> they're doing with his hair. And it I, I think almost um, like a brown snape. <laughs> like just <laughs> long and floppy and parted in the middle. Right. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, yeah, that, that's, uh, one I was hoping you weren't going to take you and McGregor. Uh, Lucky for so, you. Yeah. All right. So that's for our Frank Churchill. And so our next character is Miss Bates, who is, or can be a lot of fun <laughs> as a, uh, how would you, maybe a gossip mongering spinster is the best description mm-hmm. of Miss, Miss Bates. And I have... Let me count them. I put uh, so I was putting an asterisk next to the ones I wanted. And when I knew like one of mine might be taken, I would put two asterisks next to the one I really wanted. And then one asterisk (laughs) next to the other. That was my system. Next to Miranda Hart, I have put eight asterisks (laughs) (laughs) for Miss Bates. A delight as an actress. Uh, I very much enjoy her uh, British sitcom Miranda. And when I saw the trailer for this version of of Emma, uh, her, I believe she says, what, what news? Or uh, is that what mm-hmm. she said in the film? Like what news? <laughs> and just the over exuberant excitement that she brought to the screen in that second, there was no doubt that I wanted Miss, uh, Miss Bates to be Miranda Hart in any version of Emma that I ever see again. Well, I was pretty sure that you would pick uh, Miranda Hart for Miss Bates because I know you love her very much. Um, she does a really interesting, I mean, just because of her, you know, her height and her physicality, she brings a really interesting, um, you know, interesting sensibility to the role uh, that, you know, normally the Miss Bates aren't really like sort of clumsy or kind of physically imposing. But, you know, when you're Miranda <laughs> Hart, you are taller than half of your castmates. Um, or or three quarters of them. So yeah, so she does a really fun job. I'm not at all surprised that you picked her. I'm going to go back to the Gwyneth Paltrow well and pick uh, Sophie Thompson, sister of Emma. Um, and then uh, we don't have her as one of our characters, but it's kind of fun that in this in this version, her um, Miss Bates' mother, Mrs. Bates, is played by Phyllida Law, who is Sophie Thompson and Emma Thompson's mother. So that's oh. a little bit of fun mother-child casting. Um, yeah, she's very funny. My mom and I have had inside jokes based on based on her delivery of um, of Miss Bates' lines. So I don't mind at all um, going with Sophie Thompson. Yeah, I think this is one of those roles that I think it actually to be able to really lean into. Yeah. 
All right. So next we have, next is my pick first. Um, we're doing a snake draft in case people hadn't noticed. Uh, so next um, we are, we have Mr. Weston and I am going to go with our first um, loose adaptation. I am going to pick Wallace Shawn from Clueless. <sighs> that was my pick. Um, so, so the way that, you know, his, his name is not Mr. Weston in the story, but I'm treating him as Mr. Weston because, um, because uh, the main character, Alicia Silverstone's character, um, is trying to set up two of her teachers. And so they're kind of, you know, they're, they're pretty close analogs to, to Mr. Weston and Mrs. Weston, Miss Taylor. And Wallace Shawn plays one of them. And why not get Wallace Shawn when you can? Yeah, it's him? similar to my Ewan McGregor pick. Like, well, he's on the board. <laughs> Uh, yes. <laughs> you know how I said eight, I had eight asterisks next to Miranda Hart. I had five next to Wallace Shawn. So uh-huh. you just took one that I really wanted. <laughs> um, and Mr. Weston is really like, I, I was trying to put like a very brief character description next to each one of these, just to help me remember who, what, what role I'm looking for as I'm glancing over these actor names. And I just put nice widower. <laughs> That's, like there's not a ton <laughs> that we get from Weston. At least that's my memory. Is does that feel accurate to you mm-hmm. to say? Yeah, I think um, his relationship with Frank is a little interesting because he kind of tries to defend Frank, even though Frank doesn't really come out to visit that much, and other people, cough, Mister Knightley, are kind of critical of that. So he's he's disappointed that Frank doesn't come, but also very hurt that Frank doesn't come. Um, but no, he's he doesn't have a huge character arc other than to be completely happy to be married to miss this Taylor who turns into Mrs. Weston. And that kind of sets up, you know, the whole story of um, his happiness and their happiness kind of sets the whole story in motion of Emma thinking that she needs to play matchmaker to everyone in her circle. Of so I guess friends. in uh, some ways he's, he's the inciting incident <laughs> for, for yes, Emma exactly. more exactly. than like a, a key player in the plot that's going to, to roll out from here on out. Yeah. Well, um, I, my next pick I have, that I had for this, I realized is also from uh, the most recent Emma. So I, I do want to mix it up and, and draw from a different adaptation. So I am going to take uh, Robert Bathurst from the 2009 BBC miniseries. That was my second um, place. Very good. Spaced not on my memory of the performance at all, but just from me Googling and saying, which one of these looks like a Mr. Weston? <laughs> no, he, he's a very, very kindly Mr. Weston. In an ideal world, I would have rewatched every version of Emma in preparation mm-hmm. for this podcast. But we are recording this the second week of the semester when I had three new classes starting up. <laughs> so uh, time did not present itself as much as it may have at different points in the year. All right. Our next character is Mr. Elton, who I described as a mercenary vicar. <laughs> uh, this is a, a vicar who is uh, wants to be married, but for money. Uh, so there's a couple really good versions of this character. I think Um, kind of like Miss Bates. I think this is one that actors would be kind of like, Oh yes. Yeah. (laughs) This one is, is for me. And. Oh, I could go in a couple different ways, but 
I am going to take uh, Alan Cumming, who performed this role in the uh, Gwyneth Paltrow version of Emma from 1996. You, I, I, I'm surprised. I don't know why I'm surprised. I'm surprised that we have as many characters in common as we do. I, I think, um, I don't know. I, I expect this to go different directions, or I didn't think that we would think along the same lines. But yep, that was my number one choice. <laughs> I'm um, sorry. And... We're doing this to each other, left and right. No, it's, it's all good. <laughs> I mean, as long as it's, you know, as long as it's shared, as long as we're sharing the joy. Um, yeah, he's, I mean, the 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 Gwyneth Paltrow version has a killer supporting cast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's just really, really heavily stacked. And yeah, um, Alan Cumming is wonderful. Okay. So, since you have taken Ellen Cumming, I am going to pick someone whose name I will know as soon as the page loads, which tells you. Let's see. Okay, I'm going to pick Josh O'Connor from the Anya Taylor-Joy version. Mm-hmm. I will say, um, I really didn't like the Anya Taylor-Joy version. It, it, um... I did like Miss Bates, but she was almost the only character I really liked. Uh, And, you know, sometimes you get really fond of one particular adaptation and then nothing can ever stand up to it. But Mm -hmm. I felt it was beautiful. The Andrew Taylor Joy adaptation is beautifully directed. You can tell the director has done work with music videos. She has this like very artistic eye, but it just felt very cold. Um, And I kind of actively disliked some of the other, some of the other, uh, some of the main characters but Mr. Elton's fine he's you know he's um awkward and annoying and and Emma dislikes Emma thinks he's good enough for a friend but not good enough for her uh which says a lot about Emma and maybe a lot about Mr. Elton so and and per our rules I need to uh have someone from every single adaptation so that is my one person I'm going to have from the Anya Taylor-Joy version uh, yeah, and, and I really did like his performance in that role. I, I completely see what you are saying about it feeling cold. And I think a lot of that is from her performance of Emma. Um, yeah. A lot of the choices, which may be the direction. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, this may be something to save at the end if we have a little extra time. But I think it's one fascinating thing about texts that get adapted a lot is how they're not just adapting the text, they're adapting against the previous adaptations. Sure. Uh, and they have sure. to make choices that are going to differentiate them. Um, mm-hmm. in terms of style and performance. And I, th- I think uh, there is definitely a distance to this Emma, whereas some other versions have a little more warmth uh, underneath them. Yeah. And it's, you know, I am all in favor of trying something in an adaptation so that I'm, I'm happy that it exists and I'm happy that they tried what they tried, but it's never, you know, and I even, it, it, it's off of whatever streaming service it was on. Um, but I even considered like watching it again, but without the sound, just so I could <laughs> see how pretty it was, but not have to kind of deal with, you know, the character interaction or anything. Um, yeah, like I'm happy it exists and I'm, and I'm happy for people to take risks and try new things in adaptations. Um, this particular adaptation just did not work for me in terms of what I want my ideal Emma to be. Yeah, and um, that actor, it was interesting for me because I had seen him in, it was something on Masterpiece. What was it called? Something in Corfu. The, uh-huh. oh, I can't remember the name. I think it's the name of the family and then they're in Corfu. Um, and he was playing a very, I mean, he was playing a different character. In that one, he was um, like an angsty writer who was very like performative and like, I am an artist. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm, I'm trying to be an artist. Uh, and then to see this, um, you know, his take as, 
uh, you know, the, the somewhat hypocritical uh, religious figure who is just a little trying too hard. And, you know, like, like there, I guess there's some some overlap in those kinds of characters, but it was another one where it's like, oh, I'm delighted to see you in this in this role because I've enjoyed your work on, on, you know, in a different series with a different flavor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Durrells in Corfu. I think that's what it was called on Masterpiece. Okay. All right, so now we are to me with Mr. Woodhouse. Um, Mr. Woodhouse is Emma's father, and Emma's mother died when she and her sister were very young. And so Mr. Woodhouse is very worried about people getting sick um, and, and you know, catching a cold or something. Um, he and, and depending on the adaptation, he can be portrayed as a bit of a hypochondriac or as someone who genuinely is rather frail. Um, I... I really liked so in the in the Romola Gary miniseries, he's played by Michael Gambon, who is a fantastic actor, and played as someone who um is very sincere in in worrying about change and worrying about Emma leaving him. And you know, and, and also very sincere in um in worrying about his own health and wanting things to be just so. And I think he could come off as someone who's very annoying you know kind of a, a mrs elton or a, a mrs bennett but instead i i feel like michael gambon plays him just as someone who is who's very you know sweetly stressed out and worried and so even though he's kind of making life difficult for some people you have a lot of sympathy for him because you know his his concern is very genuine mm -hmm. yes that was uh that was my first choice <clears throat> that's fine that you took Michael <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with uh, I, I I think I liked the this version of Emma more than you did, but the, from the 2020, the Bill Nye uh, take on yeah. Mr. Woodhouse, um, which uh, I like what you said that I, I there could be a temptation to go like the um, 1995 Pride and Prejudice, Mrs. Bennett, my nerves, <laughs> you know, like to really yeah. lead into it, and he plays my I, it's been it's been a year since I saw it, but I remember him playing it. Um, as a constant worry but also a little understated like he wasn't mm -hmm. he, you know he, he wasn't leaning into the panic but you could sense there was like a simmering tension in all of his interactions with his you know borderline hypochondria or yeah. literal there is a very funny scene near the end where he um he insists on having a screen set up <laughs> in front of the fire but it ends up being a screen that lets emma and mr knightley have a private conversation and you sort of implies that he like knows they need to have a private conversation right. so um it's very cute um yeah i i really like bill nye and i like the emma story and he did not particularly work for me in mm -hmm. that role oddly enough but um but i i think i can see what what some people would like yeah wh why they like him all right so our next character is harriet who is very naive uh, very much like being introduced into this world of coupling and romance and uh, J uh, or Emma kind of takes her unto, under her wing, but almost views her more like a, someone to be molded more than someone to know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I, I think there's, th this is another one where I was like, Oh yeah, I kind of remember that performance. That was pretty good. But in some ways, just to make sure I fulfill all of our obligations, I need to take Brittany Murphy as Ty from Clueless <laughs> because I've not wonderful. taken a character from Clueless yet. And while I have a few options still on the board, um, I I better I better lock this one in now. And that was one that I was definitely considering. Um, mm -hmm. Just jumping back to Mr. Woodhouse, the um, the version in Clueless is Dan Hedaya, who yeah. 
I very much enjoy Dan Hedaya as an mm-hmm. actor. He is not Mr. Woodhouse. <laughs> it's a it's definitely a different take on yes. it. I do like his and Cher's relationship mm-hmm. in the way that she yeah. remind you know, kind of takes care of him a little bit, but not in a in a just like you need to eat your vegetables and you need to do this. And you, need, you know, it, it actually kind of makes sense that they have that relationship. Um, but no, he's not, he's not a stereotypical Mr. Woodhouse. Yeah. yeah. So, so I couldn't take him for, I, I felt weird to take that for my clueless pick just because mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like Mr. Woodhouse. I love that performance. And I, I, you know, it's, it's one of the looser parts of the adaptation. Uh, well, I guess I shouldn't say the looser parts. It is a loose part because there's a lot of mm-hmm. loose parts in clueless <laughs> when it comes to this. So I'm going to take Brittany Murphy uh, uh, for, for this pick. All right. Um, I am going with, I'm, I'm curious to know who your second choice was or, or who, you, who would have been your first choice if you didn't have to get one from Clueless. What, do you want to make your pick first or should I just say? Well, no, that's true. Okay. And then you can tell me if it was. Yeah. So I am going with Tony Collette from mm-hmm. the Gwyneth Paltrow version. Mm-hmm. She plays Harriet with so much humor um there's there's a scene i mean there's so many scenes where she's like distraught and then emma says something and then she like is all elated suddenly and um yeah it's it's between her and julia stevenson for my favorite supporting actors and like i said this going through this process really made me realize how what an amazing supporting cast is in that version so is that who you had as your no no. well i had her as an option to Mm -hmm. like okay that's definitely one but uh, louise stillen is the other one from the 2009 bbc oh yeah. yeah 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 Mm-hmm. all right so now we're to me um and i am doing mrs weston so mrs weston um mrs weston is the former miss taylor she was the governess to emma and her sister isabella from the time that you know emma was a little child emma doesn't really remember her mother and so um in a large sense uh Miss Taylor raised her, but when this by the time the story starts, Isabella is married and Emma is, I think, 18 or 19 or 20, and so doesn't really need a governess anymore. Um, but Emma kind of encourages along the relationship between Miss Taylor and Mr. Weston, and so they get married, and that is, you know, the inciting event of the stories we've discussed. Um, Mrs. Weston's an interesting character because she's very much a mother figure for Emma. So she kind of um but she also, I think, encourages Emma's interference in relationships maybe a bit more, certainly more than Mr. Knightley does. And so the relationship between her and Mr. Knightley is kind of interesting because it's like, you know, in, in some ways they kind of they kind of both feel like oh, we're in charge of raising Emma, which is sort of a weird dynamic. But Mr. Woodhouse <laughs> yes. thinks Emma's perfect. Um, and so if anyone's going to if anyone's going to kind of rope Emma in, it's going to be Mrs. Weston or Mr. Knightley. Um, and I really like the actress in the um in the Gwyneth Paltrow version I have to find her okay Greta Skaki um Mm -hmm. and she just does a really good job of like kind of kind of broaching the line between being Emma's friend and being a mother figure and then also sort of trying to help her along um there's a very funny scene where where Emma saying something about like oh I don't know what to do you know where, where she's like it kind of interfered too much and um and and Mrs. Weston kind of says like, oh, yeah, sometimes it is hard to, um, you know, for others to have the benefit of our wisdom or something, kind of implying that Emma's interfering too much and not listening to other people. And it kind of it totally goes over Emma's head. And she's just like, yeah, I know. Isn't that hard to make people listen to you? And she's like, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> um, so she's very funny, very warm, really like her a lot. 
I think that's a good pick, and that's one that I had as an option. But my first choice was going to be Jodie May from the 2009 BBC miniseries, and I think this is one of the roles that does benefit from having more time to play out um, in the miniseries. Uh, and just, you know, overall having more space allows every character to breathe a little bit more and also for us to get to know them a little bit more. But I do, uh, like, like even just seeing, I'm like, oh, I remember her in, in that miniseries. Like it's been years since I've seen it, mm-hmm. but it, uh, doing this exercise, maybe like think like, oh, I should probably go watch that miniseries again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so Jody may, uh, from, from that version, uh, breaking news, beep, 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 beep. I just realized that I made a mistake. Uh, one of our, one of our rules was that we had to have at least one character from every adaptation that we saw. And I originally was going to take someone earlier from the Kate Beckinsale version, but Joe got that person. And then I forgot that uh, Mrs. Weston was my backup. So I actually need to switch my pick. Luckily, Joe didn't pick it. I need to switch (laughs) my pick to um, Samantha Bond from the 1996 Emma, the Kate Beckinsale version. Um, And I will say, this isn't a good version of Emma. (laughs) Um, It's it's one of those, like, you can see where they're going with it. And actually, Kate Beckinsale herself, I think, is fine. Um, Mark Strong as Mr. Knightley does not work. And I can see why you might think it would work with him. Um, But he just comes off as mean as Mr. Knightley instead of, like someone who really cares about Emma and like wants to help her out. Like he's like, every line is just, he's kind of mean. Like, I just think the direction's really terrible. I did start rewatching it in preparation for this. And I'm like, wow, yeah, this is still not good. So, um, so there are a couple people I had picked, you know, as potentials for this. Mrs. Weston's fine. She's not good. She's just fine. But I have to have someone from the 1996 Kate Beckinsale version. I will say one thing, the one thing I do like about that version is they kind of show they'll act out kind of Emma's um, imagination. And so like when she's trying to set up Harriet with um, with Mr. Elton, they have this like imagination spot where they're like getting married and going off in a carriage together. And Harriet turns around and says, and to think I turned out to be the daughter of a baronet, you know? And so like, <laughs> that's where her imagination is taking her. It's like, oh no, Harriet must be secretly very high class and they're all going to be very happy together. So I, I do think that that... Um, I really like that part of the version. I think that is a great job of kind of showing you where Emma's head is at, where like her imagination is, even if reality's not quite there yet. So Kate Beckinsale is fine. That particular aspect of it, it's fine. Um, Samantha Morton is fine as Harriet Smith and Mark Strong does not work as Mr. Knightley. And I think they were all directed badly. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. So now I have, you got one from every version that you needed to at this point. Um, no, but I can do I can do Emma approved for either of the last two. Oh right. Okay. Well, I can't remember who's picking now. It's you. <laughs> You're doing Mr. Me? Knightley and then I'm doing Emma. Okay. Mr. Knightley. I definitely had two that I were neck and neck uh <laughs> for for this. And I've not seen Emma approved, so I don't know what the Mr. Knightley is like in that one. So I was yep. really debating between uh Paul Rudd in Clueless and Johnny Lee Miller in the <clears throat> 2009 miniseries version of of Emma. And I think in the end, I'm going to take Johnny Lee Miller, though I, I could really go either way on this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I like I said, I, I pulled up some clips to kind of remind myself of these and just seeing him as Mr. Knightley. I was like, oh, yep, that's I remember that <laughs> he, he really for me nailed a lot of uh, the um, simultaneous like exasperation 
with Emma, with mm-hmm. the attraction that he's feeling towards Emma. Uh, yeah. And also like the, and as you said, it can be, there's a lot of issues with this, with the age difference, <laughs> like the slightly paternal side yes. of, yeah. of this. Um, and you have to be able to really walk a line in playing that character. And I think Johnny Lynn Miller and Paul Rudd actually both, and in some ways the Paul Rudd version is a little more problematic in that they made him a college mm-hmm. student and left chair in high school. Sure. For for the age difference. And somehow Paul Rudd is like so charming and also keeps everything so chaste that it doesn't yes. Yes. Uh, come off as creepy when once you like say it out loud, you're like, oh, that that should not have been in the movie. <laughs> that should not be the romance. Uh, but but, but uh, I, I think both these performances uh, do a lot for for uh, Mr. Knightley. So but uh, my, my pick is the Johnny Lee Miller version. Yeah, that that would also have been my number one pick. You know, I've talked up the supporting cast from the from the Gwyneth Paltrow version, um, but I think that the the 2009 miniseries does the very best job of showing Emma and Mister Knightley's relationship. It's the it's the only one that, in my opinion, actually gives them an equal relationship because the the problem with Emma adaptations is it can turn into Mister Knightley being like you're wrong, Emma, you're wrong, Emma, you're wrong, Emma. Okay, you finally acknowledge that you're wrong and now we can get married, you know, which could be like creepy and like what's his character arc. Um, and, and you know, as I said before, the fact that it's a miniseries and you have twice as long for the character to develop, I think makes it an unfair playing field. But um, but yeah, so much of that movie, and I've watched that, we watched it pretty recently, I think within the last year. So much of that movie is just Johnny Lee Miller staring off into the distance, smiling at first and then looking kind of sad. Um, because, you know, because it's when Frank Churchill comes in and when, when their kind of life starts to get turned over that he suddenly realizes how important Emma is to him. You know, Emma, the, as a story is not really about, it's not about people meeting and falling in love. They've known each other all Emma's life. And, you know, so, so for two decades, ever since she was born, they've known each other. It's about people kind of upsetting the balance that they had and suddenly realizing how important that balance is to each other. Um, and, and, and not taking it for granted of like, oh, maybe we are more than just friends and maybe we're not, maybe we don't have a brother-sister relationship. But even I was thinking about, you know, the, the very first time we see Mr. Knightley's character. Um, so he's not able to attend the wedding of of Miss Taylor and Mr. Weston for some reason. But so they get married and, and Mrs. Weston leaves and Emma and it's just Emma and her father and Mr. Knightley comes over to visit and says, you know, okay, who cried more? You know, you were the bride because like, yes this is a very happy occasion but it's also really sad and it's a really interesting kind of armor piercing question because for so much of the story emma is trying to keep it together she's trying to keep the peace she's trying to keep her father happy she's trying to keep john and isabella happy she's trying to like you know make people happy in the village but she's actually pulled kind of thin and you know and instead of having to fake that she's really happy and that everything's fine and this isn't some big you know, some, some big upset to them. He shows up and just like, says like, Hey, you know, are, are you the one who's sad or is Miss Taylor the one who's sad? You know, because, because this is hard for you. And I know this is hard for you. And I've come over to be your friend and to comfort you. And, you know, Mr. Woodhouse is always so happy um, when he comes over. So yeah, no, he, he does a really great job. So I am actually going to go with, um, with the Mr. Knightley character from Emma Approved. Um, as I said, Emma Approved is about, um, uh, let's see, sorry, I have to find the tab. Um, it's about a woman, Emma Woodhouse, who has like a lifestyle company and she's trying to be like a life coach. And then her, and then 
Mr. Knightley, um, Alex Knightley in this story is her um, business partner. And so again, he's like the voice of reason and, and, you know, is very patient with her, but he's kind of like the partner who's behind the scenes. Um, she jokingly calls him snarky Knightley because he's just, you know, kind of serious and snarky. Um, he's played by an actor named Brent Bailey. And um, he just, he, you know, he's kind of, he doesn't do anything super unusual with the role, but it's a really good kind of straight down, you know, straight, straight down the aisle production or uh, portrayal of Mr. Knightley that gets that, you know, cares a lot about Emma, is not afraid to call her out, and then, you know, is occasionally really hurt by her, but also is deeply in love with her. So. All right. So now for the big finale. Big finale. Okay. So now I have to switch things up because now I have, um, now I have my Emma approved character. I have to decide what I want to do with Emma. Um, I think I'm going to go for Roma Laguerre in the 2009 version. <laughs> I, I, I sense this one coming after yeah, your yeah. previous discussion, you know, about, well, about your other picks. Yes. And I, you know, and I could have gone with Joanna Sotomura from Emma Approved, who I also really like. I think she does. I think not everything about that adaptation necessarily works, but I think I think she does a really good job with it. Um for me, with the Roma Laguerre version, it's hard to say if it's the writing or the interaction between them, which is not the same as the characterization, but I do really, really love that adaptation. Um, I I am a little cooler on Gwyneth Paltrow than I used to be um, in the 96 <laughs> version. So, yeah, so I'm going with Roma Laguerre. Is that because of your familiarity with Emma uh, or with uh, Gwyneth Paltrow or because you've like your opinion of that performance has changed or just yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow? So- so honestly, some of it is because of the actress, like it, it kind of feels like Gwyneth Paltrow has turned into Emma in terms of her own lifestyle business and kind of like trying to coach people. Um, I also think that the 96, the Gwyneth Paltrow version and and almost all of the shorter adaptations do have a hard time with making Emma actually a a balanced and, and, and reasonable character for Mr. Knightley to fall in love with. It's instead of, mm-hmm. I mean, you run the risk of having her be this like petulant child who is now just barely old enough for him to consider. And that's kind of gross. Um, and so I really, really like that, that the 2009 miniseries gives that relationship a little bit of time to develop. Um, and it's like, you know, I, I like Jeremy Northam as Mr. Knightley and I like Gwyneth Paltrow as Emma Woodhouse. I just don't think that that two hour version does a good enough job of showing why they deserve together and how that's actually going to be a balanced relationship. Okay. Um, I had been thinking of Roma Laguerre, but I knew that that was going to be taken after like <laughs> two of your comments about that, that series and your, your feelings towards it. And so then my, my next two options were Gwyneth Paltrow and Alicia Silverstone. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take Alicia Silverstone from Clueless. Wow. Which I didn't really think I would, but I was like thinking through, I agree with what you said about Anya Taylor-Joy being a very cold version yeah. of, of Emma. And Alicia Silverstone isn't playing Emma per se, but mm-hmm. she really does bring this naivete mixed with unearned self-confidence <laughs> that I yeah, think sure, sure. it really needs to be at the core of who Emma is. And that the the character arc is not just shedding the naivete, but also realizing that that self-confidence, like, like through real introspection, realizing that the self-confidence mm-hmm. was not 
was was terribly misplaced. It was not earned yeah. at all. Yeah. Uh, and I think Alicia Silverstone actually is able to do that in in this, you know, Southern California high school version of Emma. Oh, yes. The the unearned self-consciousness, unearned um, self-confidence of a beautiful, wealthy, fashionable high schooler. <laughs> yep. <laughs> all right. And then as a wrinkle at the last minute, I said, can we just fantasy cast some people who have never been in an Emma adaptation to some of the other roles and you were like fine but I don't know how much you engaged with that (laughs) well what you want me to go first and then you can sure sure why don't you tell me any that you came up with so I am I am a plan ahead as early as possible kind of a person and Joe is a do everything at the last minute as much as possible kind of person which meant that less than 24 hours before recording he said hey let's do something else let's fantasy cast more extra people and i wanted to say no uh but i said okay fine but it has to be a new person because i already have my bracket set up um (laughs) and then i was annoyed today that i had to think of a new person uh but that's okay it was a good day otherwise um so i am going to fantasy cast someone for um for probably a modernized adaptation the person I want to play Robert Martin is Michael Sarah because Michael Sarah is sweet but imposed upon, and Robert Martin is also sweet but imposed upon. Um, so but I don't be, know uh, that Michael Sarah would work in terms of period, so we'll make it modernized. This is the farmer that gets uh, rejected in his initial proposal but circles yes. back. Yes. Uh, and I, uh, fantasy casting him, I thought, who is someone who could play this almost like it feels a little too good to be true? <laughs> and so I was Jason Sudeikis. Like he's a little oh, too okay. nice. Uh, yeah, currently yeah. playing the much too nice Ted Lasso, but mm-hmm. lovably too nice, not gratingly too nice. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so that's who I put for there. And then I also was like just going through, and you have Mr. and Mrs. Cole as like these nouveau riche uh, members of the community that aren't quite sure where their boundaries are. Right? Is that a good mm-hmm. description of them? And I. I landed on John Krasinski and Emily Blunt playing them. Oh, very sweet. <laughs> and then uh, for John Knightley and Isabella Knightley, characters who uh-huh. aren't necessarily super comedic in most adaptations that I've seen. Yeah. But I'd like to see what Matt Smith and Kate McKinnon could do. Excellent. Uh, in those roles. So that th- those are the ones that I, I kind of fantasy cast. Awesome. All right. Well, shall we run down real quick uh, your cast and then my cast? Uh, maybe oh, from no. the top okay. down. Does that mean I have to remember people's names again? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got. I, I think I've got them all up actually. So your Emma was Romola Gary. Mm-hmm. Your Mister Knightley was uh, Brent Bailey from Emma Approved, the yes. YouTube uh, series. Mrs. Weston was Samantha Bond from the. Uh, Kate Kate Beckinsale, Beckinsale. Mm -hmm. 1996 version. Your Harriet was Tony Collette from uh, the Gwyneth Paltrow. Mm -hmm. Uh, Your Mr. Woodhouse was Michael Gambon from the miniseries, the 2009 Mm -hmm. miniseries. Mr. Elton, the mercenary vicar, vicar, was uh, Josh O'Connor from the 2020 Emma. Mm Mm-hmm. Your Mr. Weston, the nice widower, was Wallace Shawn from Clueless. <laughs> still, still smart a little. <laughs> uh, your Miss Bates. Uh, oh, you know what? I, don't, I did not end up getting who your Miss Bates was. Somehow I missed it. My Miss Bates was Sophie Thompson from the okay. Gwyneth Paltrow adaptation. All right. Your Frank that Churchill. That name I actually know. Okay. Your Frank Churchill is Rupert Evans from the BBC miniseries. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, your Jane is Laura Piper from the BBC miniseries. And your Mrs. Elton was Juliet Stevenson from the Gwyneth Paltrow. Yep. All right, real quick. My cast would be Alicia Silverstone as Emma, Johnny Lee Miller as Mr. Knightley. Um, let's see, Jody May as Mrs. Weston. Uh, Brittany Murphy as Harriet. Uh, Bill Nye as Mr. Woodhouse. Uh, Alan Cumming as Mr. Elton. Robert Bathurst as Mr. Weston. Miranda Hart as Miss Bates. That is my all-star pick. <laughs> uh, Ewan McGregor as Frank Churchill. Uh, let's see. I had Olivia Williams as Jane and Tanya Reynolds as Mrs. Elton. So there's lots of versions of Emma. Uh, like we really primarily drew from five. Uh, I think you drew from six for this. But uh, just as a final thing, are there other texts that you can think of that you could play this kind of game with? Definitely Pride and Prejudice. Mm -hmm. um, not any other Jane Austens that I know of. I mean, Shakespeare. And, and also depending on how broadly you wanted to go with like retellings. Right. You know, you could pull, like, Sherlock Holmes. Holmes. Is one I was oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Andrew flying in with that. Also, yeah. uh, um, Christmas Carol. Yeah, A Christmas Carol. Um, I mean, Alice in Wonderland, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, trying to think what else. I, is there any other... I probably don't know any other Dickens well enough. I guess Batman at this point. Oh, sure, 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 sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Several superheroes, most prominently Batman. Yeah, Batman, right. Superman. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking of like stories that get retold, not just characters mm -hmm. that show up in, in different incarnations. Uh, well, Cinderella, you know, ver versions of that mm -hmm. because you get, you know, the ever after and then all the musical versions. So, oh, yeah, that would actually be really fun. If only I had a friend with a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Kirsta, for joining us. I'm looking at the clock and realize that maybe we should sh shelve our discussion of adaptation theory for a later time. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we can get to it at some point. <laughs> yes. Uh, but uh, listeners, we want to thank you for downloading this episode. And we would also like to stall while I pull up the script to say that's going to wrap up this episode. <laughs> for show notes and links to all the other great Dueling John shows you can go to duelinggenre.com also please subscribe to the protagonist podcast in your podcast app of choice and please leave us a review that really helps us out we'd like to thank scott tofty who composed our theme music thank you again for listening we'll be back next week to discuss another great character in a great story so long bye-bye <clears throat> I'm sorry, Andrew. I didn't mean to give you an edit point already. <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat>